You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Jay Spencer King. I got my man, Sterles for the girls with me. I got Antoine, St- he's in and out. I don't know what's going on with his technology at the moment, but we are back. We are live. We are here for the chop up. I know y'all used to Wednesday nights being for uh, the hump day hotline with me and Joe Miller. But y'all know every uh, offseason, Joe kind of takes a break. So what I've decided to do is I've decided to to give myself, Sterling, and Antoine some freedom on the weekends and, and let us party it out on weekends and then work during the week. So the chop up for the offseason will be happening on Wednesday nights. Um, hump day will be back. But right now, chop up is on Wednesdays. We got it going. What is going on, Sterling? What's up, Antoine? Hey, hey how you doing? What's, going, what's good, man? Man, how y'all Not been? Much. I feel like it's been a minute. Yeah, it has been a minute. The off season is uh, in full effect. Yeah, yeah, and, and we got the we we got the the usual suspects in there. We got uh, my man Richard Rush. We got Don in the building. Sarah's here. Um, not sure who Reptile is, but thank you for joining us. <laughs> Funny name. And my man Daryl Domes is kicking it with us too. Uh, look, it's it's um, I haven't even talked to y'all about the Super Bowl. So so let's take it. Let's start off there. Let's start off at the end of the, the NFL year. Um, just reactions, thoughts on on the game, the halftime show. I don't really want to talk about the halftime show, but, you know, thoughts on the game. Let's start with. One. <laughs> I mean, it was a good game until the end. It was kind of uh, anti-comatic at the end. But, you know, I think overall, it was a really good Super Bowl. Both teams were kind of going back at it. You know, you hate that, uh, you know, holding call. You know, decided mm-hmm. the game, but that's just kind of what it is. And, you know, that was the right call, unfortunately. So, I mean, but overall, I thought it was a really good game by two good teams, uh, two, you know, the two best teams uh, in the league all year long. And, you know, they proved it out there on, a couple of weeks ago on Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, I, I think for me, the, the reason why I hated the ending of the game is it was a hold. So I, I'm not going to get on here and say it wasn't a hold or whatever, but they was letting a lot of those calls go for the, for the most part of the game. And I think that's why the defender thought he even said in an interview, he's like, yeah, I held him. I thought they was going to let that one go, but they caught it. So I, I just feel like, you know, if you're going to call it one way for three quarters or three quarters and, you know, nine tenths of the last quarter, then you should call it that way throughout the entirety of the game. But, you know, Strauss, how you feel about the game? Yeah, it was a good game, man. Uh, Jalen Hurst was impressive. He he played a really good game, man. Um, Devontae Smith, hey, that dude cold. Devontae Smith is cold, man. Uh, but, you know, I felt like the whole time, you know, even as good as Philly started out, I just felt like the Chiefs were going to – they're going to find their way in the game. And, and in the second half, you know, they they definitely proved that Mahomes is – he's going to be Mahomes. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was – a offensively, I felt like, you know, it kind of made me put things into perspective, uh, just not from a Bills point of view, but just from an NFL point of view when you spend so many resources on a defense. But at the end of the day, what does it really get you in the Super Bowl? I mean, these teams are scoring 35 points, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, so kind of for me, it was just kind of uh, I just kind of had to check what I believed about 
you know, high price, high ticket, resource filled defensive laden squads like the Bills, maybe uh, they should temper those a little bit. Yeah, well, see, I don't know. I don't know, because if you look at the rest of the games that it took both teams to get there, defense did play a big part in it. I just think once you get to that stage where you have that level of quarterback play, you know what I mean? But but other games, you know, the Eagles dominated on defense and, and the Chiefs have moments where their defensive line. Chris Jones is I mean, I know we know, you know, and there's a lot yeah. of sports fans who know, but but people who are more of a casual football fan and don't really watch until the like the big games or the playoffs you know Chris Jones is that dude man so I don't know I just think I think defense is still important but I, I do agree with you man like at, at some point and I've been pounding the table for this um this past season for the Bills you can't you can't you don't want to be that franchise like the Green Bay Packers who you know you keep getting defensive players in the draft where you you make these big splash moves in free agency for a defensive player but you don't use high draft capital on a on a weapon for your quarterback um I, I don't know I don't know if y'all agree with that statement or not but I just feel like that's that's going to be what ends up being the Bills problem if they don't kind of change it going forward they haven't drafted the Buffalo Bills haven't drafted an offensive player in the first round since Josh Allen like yeah. like think about that like when we drafted him and then I mean really we could say that same year because they drafted Tremaine Edmonds so really they took a defensive player in the first round every year I just you know I, I don't know well, I, I mean, you got to look at it like uh, who would you take in that situation if you had to do it over again? I mean, I, I don't know. You know, I guess I would have to look back and see who was available back then. But uh, maybe, you know, it was the right move to take the defensive player at that particular spot. So it just it just depends. Like, I mean, you could just play residual history like all you want to. But, you know, I, I think it's important to just take I'm all about taking the best available player, like no matter where you where you're drafted. So. But yeah, I mean, at some point you definitely need, they need to get him more weapons. And I think they're going to take off as a player this year, whether it be, you know, a running back or a wide receiver or something like that too. I definitely think they need to address both of those. Yeah, they do. But I'll tell you what, I know I just was talking about the first round, but man, the second round, we took Cody Ford over DK Metcalf. Like, just, just, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, so yeah, I get what you're yeah. saying, but I mean, like, they're, and I, could, I bet if I went back and looked, there's specific things I can look to like the year that we took. Um, Cause we double dipped. We did Greg Rousseau and then we got Boogie Basham. Like yeah. what have we like, and then, and then, so then, okay, you talk about that and it might've been right at the time, but then you expect those guys to show up. You have a playoff game against the Cincinnati Bengals who has three backups on that offensive line starting. And, and you can't get a sack on Joe Burrow. Like you can't, you can't even sniff Joe Burrow. But you got first and second round talent all across that defensive line. And uh, well, you thought so anyway. Well, right. But I'm saying, like, so at some point, that's when Sterling's um, point comes into play where it's like, no, maybe we need to switch this up and instead of investing so heavily in that defense, man, do something to put some points on the board. You can't score 10 points. I'm not going to beat up on I'm well, not it. Can't, you can't game. just. You can't be afraid not to take a play defensive player just because it didn't work out the last time. You just still gotta. I still think just taking the best available player on the board is uh, where what teams need to do. If you got a need, well, that, you know, just take it. I, mean, I feel like that's what teams say, but that's not what they yeah. do. That's not how they. Some, some teams they do. usually draft very some teams few. Do. Very few. The majority of the league drafts for for need. There's few teams. I would say what five? Can you name me five teams that actually draft? BPA. It's yeah, hard. It's hard to find. It's, I can. You can. Yeah, we can. Yeah. But can you, you get what I'm saying? Majority yeah. of the teams draft for need, and so I just think there needs to be a philosophy change when it comes to the Bills and how they evaluate the roster. Uh, you know, not every year. And I would love to take best player available. And if if Bijan Robinson was there at 27, I'd take him right now at 27. Uh, and running back is really not the Bills' need, but uh, I I just think they need to really kind of take a look at things and, and, and uh, maybe uh, attack it in a different way because it hasn't been working. I feel like, so I wanted to respond to that running back. No, I think it is. I mean, well, I think it's a need, but you know, we could disagree all you want to, but yeah, I mean, I think, I still think they need to, it may not need to be a need in the first round, but I still think they need to take a run back at some point. Cause you need, Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. You you need to take pressure off him. Yeah. But my point being, if John Robinson, if it's BPA, I mean, he's one of the top three players in the draft, in my opinion. So you, you got to – if he's there, you take him. You just take him. So that's my point. Did y'all see the report? I mean, and it was just speculation. This isn't like a real 
a rumor or anything happening, but there was speculation. I think it was on ESPN uh, yesterday or today where they said that um, the Buffalo Bills should take a crack at trying to trade for Derrick Henry in the last year of his contract. Yeah, somebody, uh, it was like a segment, like it was like splash moves or something like that. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't see that. Was. And then, yeah, somebody had said like the Titans trading Derrick Henry to the Bills. And yeah, and then their point was Derrick Henry, they want to get rid of him before he gets too old. But I could see them trading Derrick. I mean, they gutted a lot of their veterans today. Yeah, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. And then this is not even including Ryan Tannehill. So I'm curious to see what direction they want to go moving forward because uh, I don't know. I mean, last year they ended up missing the playoffs for the first time in quite a while. I had a first losing record, I believe, since 2016. So it may be time to just start over and start up, start from scratch there in Tennessee, get a new quarterback in there, uh, new younger players, and then just you know try to start over that particular way. So. I can see it. I mean, especially with a, I mean, Derrick Henry's still a good, viable option, but, you know, if you can get something for him, especially if you're starting over, you know, why not examine that? Uh, my man Jason in the comments says, we don't know how to use running backs. He's talking to Sterling. He said, it's like a Bill's legacy thing all the way back to Thurman, the last true number one back. I kind of disagree with that. Yeah, I, disagree I feel like the, I, I feel like just recently the Buffalo Bills haven't really had a strong run game just like over the past few years. But but I mean, I can name like several great running backs that the Buffalo Bills have. You know, you, you mentioned Thurman. Then you go to, uh, you know, we had Beast Mode here. Travis had, Henry. Uh, I mean, Travis, Travis Henry was really good. Fred Jackson wasn't even like a, a high draft pick at all by any means, but he he had a very a good run. C.J. Spiller, I think one year he averaged over six yards per carry. You know, so we we've had good running backs come through. Shady McCoy, we traded for him and got him in here. He still gave us some good year. We led the league in rushing a couple years in a row with him. So I don't I don't know how much I want to agree with this comment, but I do get where you're going right now. I think right now, um, we we got perform. Like, Devin Singletary underperformed up until recently, I would say. Um, Zach Moss was traded because he just was Zach Moss, you know. And so hopefully, hopefully uh, Jimmy Cook will change that. You know, I I like James Cook. I think that he could be um, I don't know if he's as good as his brother, obviously, but. You know, well, I no. think he could be a good. But, yeah, no, I'm saying I think he could <laughs> I mean, be. We already know that, but you know, I don't think anybody expected well, the no, other be anyway. Can, I, I don't think we can say we know that it was his first year. So I mean, like we've seen guys develop into. We've seen it. I, I see his if brother in college. You, like fam, he, no, he, he ain't. No, he was not. He's not Dalvin. There's nothing wrong with I'm that saying. either. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but what I'm saying is you can't just completely discount it. Like, if I were to talk to you five years ago, you would have said, no, nah, man, Josh Allen ain't going to be a starter for a long time in the NFL. No, I, I didn't. No, I, I did say that, actually. Like, I was getting criticized for that. Like, you can go back, check the receipts on that. Like, I got, like, I was down in Miami covering the Dolphins. Like, I had people ripping me, telling me, like, Josh Allen was going to be a bum. And, like, I was one, one of the few people sticking up for him. So, yeah, I got the receipts. I did say that, actually. And then uh, I got ripped. One of those I, I'm, I'm proud of you, <laughs> yeah. I'm proud of you, yeah. Like, yeah, I got, one of the I got, I got ribs. Because even I, some, some Bills fans didn't even believe that. No, that's fine. Yeah, Bills fans was that's mad. Facts. Bills fans, Bills fans was I will tight. say this, though. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. To, to add to that, I think the Bills don't know how to use specialty players in the backfield. You know, they don't know how to use niche players in the backfield. I, and I think that's the you, – you, you go get Naheem Himes and you don't use him properly. It takes you all season to really get James Cook going. And, and so 
you know, I think when the Bills have had a, a do everything back, I think they've they've used them to their fullest capabilities historically. Uh, recently, they haven't had that. And so, you know, I think they're still trying to find a way outside of digs. I mean, you re- we really can't point to a, a skilled position player where they say, yeah, they've really put this position, this player in a position where there's, you know, they're they're put there to succeed. Uh, Gabriel Davis, I mean, you're you're throwing deep balls to him, but outside of that, I really can't point to to another player on offense from a skill position player where they really really maximize their talents. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree wholeheartedly. I just, I, I just think James Cook can be a good ingredient to what we're trying to be going for. Well, I agree with that and, point. Yeah, no, I don't, I'm not saying again. I don't think he's going to be his brother, but I think he, I think he's better than um, what we saw this year. Like, because uh, oh yeah, the last few games of the year he really started to come on. So I feel like if we get a full season of that type of production out of him, I think the conversation about him will be a little bit different. So mm-hmm. you know, so I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. I do hope they draft a, another running back, but. I don't know. I, my my biggest two needs for the Bills, if it was up to me, would be wide receiver and offensive line. Um, I know we're probably going to lose Jordan Poyer, so safety is a concern because you saw what happened when Michael went out in the game that Jordan was injured, uh, or a couple games that Jordan right. was injured. Our safety positions, like that first game against Miami, uh, Jalen Waddle just he cooked us, man. Like he ate us, and yep. you you can't have that. Um, Obviously, now Micah's coming back. Do we know if Micah's going to be Micah after a neck injury like that? Like, that's the type of injury that, um, man, guys have ended their careers with that type of neck injury. Uh, Aaron, one of our old safeties, actually ended his career on that. So, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know what I think the Bills should do right now, man. Every, every, everything in me says go O line the first round, even though I want a wide receiver. But, I, everything that I'm also seeing is that the the second, third, and fourth round, like it's deep. It has a lot of talent that could kind of fall in that range. So I don't know. I don't know where the value is this year. Just take the best player at the like whatever you know at whatever what they drafting like twenty five or something like that. Twenty seven, I believe. Twenty seven, yeah. somewhere around. Yeah, just take the best available player. If it's a wide receiver, which I think is it could be, it could be like a Quentin Johnson out of TCU, then take him. If it's not, then. You know, if it's an offensive lineman that possibly slips down there, then possibly take him. If it's a running back, and I, again, like, I know this may not be the biggest need, but it's still a D, then if that's on the board, too, I wouldn't necessarily, you know, dismiss that either. Like a B. John Robinson, if he happened to be down there, because I think he's the best running back in the draft. If he happens to slip all the way down there, then I, I would take him, too. I just I can't see him falling to 27. Yeah. If he does, I mean, for sure, take him. Um, Cause last year I was like that about Hall. I wanted Hall, and I know he fell to the second, you know. But I wanted Hall so bad. I was like, "Yo, what is what is happening? Why why the Jets, man? They drafted good this this last I thought he was a first Let's round play. talent. I thought he was a first round talent. Yeah. Just people was just they didn't want to take a running back that high. That was it, really. Yeah, Bruce Nolan and, and that crew likes likes that conversation. Don't take a running back in the first round. But for me, man, I, I just think. I, I, you know what? Let me get your opinion on this, and then we'll kind of we'll, we'll move over to the Jets conversation a bit. But I feel like um, teams value draft picks more than they do players, if that makes sense. Like, so I feel like the way they talk about trading the picks and the way they talk is like. But then when you look at who they actually took as a player, a lot of times it doesn't equal out to the value of what they're expecting the pick to be worth or something like that. So I feel like when we, you know we overvalue draft picks at times. So like, I don't think, I don't think we should do like the Rams and trade all our picks away just to get a bowl. But a lot of times, you know, the way we talk about, let's talk about the bills again. I just talked about Cody Ford. If you look at the Buffalo bills, second round picks throughout Brandon Bean's tenure here, uh, he kind of missed more than he hit in the second round. Um, AJ Epinesa, uh, Boogie Bash. I don't, I wouldn't call Boogie a miss, but we'll see. Uh, Cody Ford, you know, so we, we have some misses, but wasn't it the one year where we could, what did D-Hop, I know that was the year we traded for, for Diggs, but D-Hop went for like a second and a fourth or something like that, right? Yeah. 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 So again, like, I feel like sometimes we overvalue draft picks and we're talking about because of that night, it's a big night and it's young, but if you can get a player like that, for a number two or a three, like what, why not, man? Like, I, I don't know. And that's why I'm not a GM. Obviously I, I look at this probably well, wrong. I think some teams don't value the draft picks. I think some do. It just depends on where you are, like in your process. Like, obviously you talked about the Rams, like they were going for it. So they're just like, 
like f them picks. Like we just gotta, you know, go for it and you know, mm-hmm. and it worked out. They get the Super Bowl. Yeah, Tampa Bay. I mean, not necessarily with the picks, but they just, you know, without, when you go get Brady, you're obviously going for it at that point, and then you end up winning the Super Bowl. It just depends on where you are, like in your franchise. Like if you feel like your window is short, then you're gonna definitely go for it. If you feel like you have a long window where you're able to build your team, like the Bills and Kansas City and stuff like that, then, yeah, you might decide, you know what, let's develop these players and hopefully they can, you know, contribute down the line for us. All right, well, let's uh, let's let's pivot a little bit. Let's talk about the Jets. Um, so the Jets have been kind of dominating some of the NFL headlines right now because they're one of the teams that are shopping for a veteran quarterback. And Derek Carr sounds like probably the fit. Um there was obviously rumblings about no pun intended rumblings about uh, Aaron Rodgers and, you know, Garoppolo. How do you feel like this is playing out? Where do you see this ending up? I mean, they want to, number one is Aaron Rodgers is their number one option, but nobody knows what he wants to do. I mean, that man's in the cave or whatever, whatever the hell he's doing, like <laughs> eat some mushrooms and, you know, having a good time. Like what like I don't know what he's doing. But the fact of about it is like he's he's the guy that they want. And until they get an answer like what he wants to do, which I think he's gonna go back to Green Bay. I really do. Mm-hmm. And then uh once they get an answer from him, then I think they'll decide, you know, where to go with that. If it, if he stays in Green Bay, then you know, I think they might go out to Derek Carr. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he might decide he may not want to stay in Green Bay and want to go somewhere else too. It's a, it's that those options too. It's you know, the Raiders are definitely an option as well. So, yeah, I think that he's the number one candidate, if, and then Carr is after that. And then Carr yes. wants to, you know, look around and see what else is out there as far as money. I'm sure maybe Tennessee becomes open, you know, if they release Ryan Tannehill. I don't know what Tampa Bay is going to do. It seems like they might start over, but if they don't, then, you know, Derek Carr could possibly be an option there. Carolina, you know, obviously another option there. He doesn't have to necessarily worry about playing – you know, in a cold weather city, uh, especially in the winter time. So those are some, you know, short options for Derek Carr too as well. And then if they can't get any of them, Jimmy Garoppolo, if Tannehill gets released, that might be an option. Uh, so yeah, that's, those would be the little bit of options. And then, you know, Lamar Jackson is always the wild card in this too, because, you know, the Ravens, they're saying all the right things about how they want Lamar Jackson back, but, you know, would they give him a non-exclusive tag or an exclusive tag? If they give him a non-exclusive tag, then maybe the Jets say, you know what, let's just, we'll give you two first-round picks and we'll pay him, you know, just to take him off your hands. So it's a lot of, you know, moving parts still, still available, <clears throat> still needs to happen for the Jets. But right now it all starts with Aaron Rodgers, you know, and to see what the dominoes may fall after that. Let me tell you what. Well, Charles, let me say this and then you got it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if, the, if the Baltimore Ravens, are dumb enough to allow Lamar Jackson to leave Baltimore any way possible. I don't care if it's with the with the non-exclusive tag. I don't care if they trade. I, if you what? first of all, no, you you say listen. Go ahead. How how difficult is it to get a franchise? Now I'm a Bills fan, so I know how difficult it is to get a franchise quarterback. Granted, Lamar hasn't won a Super Bowl yet. That's not all that the franchise quarterback is for. They are a winning franchise. He's made the playoffs every year that he's been healthy. He got MVP his second year. All of these, all these things. The qualifier, you're not find remember, the qualifier that you used when What's healthy. The he hadn't been healthy. That's the problem. Like, I wouldn't give him a full – like, here's the thing. Like, if he wants a fully guaranteed contract, would you give it to him? I, I would not. No, but that's I, not, I would not. not because he's been injured. I just don't believe in giving fully guaranteed contracts. Like well, I, think, exactly. I think the Cleveland Browns are just insane. So well, that's it, my like, point. Regard like whether it's I don't and I'm saying this regard I wouldn't give Josh Allen a fully guaranteed contract. And I you know how much I love my guy Josh. Sterles, uh, go ahead and uh, I, I, I might I fully. might would do that. I might mm-hmm. would do that. Yeah, I no. Wouldn't. I mean, we're I talking wouldn't. Lamar Jackson. I have a, some thoughts on uh, Aaron Rodgers, but. I'm not giving Lamar a full a full contract, a full guaranteed, fully guaranteed contract. And and if I'm the Jets, I'm not trading for Aaron Rodgers. Like, why are you gonna trade for a stopgap quarterback for the next two years for a guy that you don't even know that wants to play? And because it's like it's like you're paying for the name. So what are you gonna give up to get Aaron Rodgers? Like, I would much rather, if I'm a Jets fan, I'd r- rather go get Derek Carr or or really try to go get Lamar Jackson because you you definitely right. have you don't want I feel like teams get in trouble when they try to get stopgap quarterbacks. If they're not, you know, elite or Hall of Fame level type quarterbacks, 
I, I just don't think you should do it. I, I think, you know, you should, you should always, you know, go draft that guy. Or, or if you're in a situation like the Ravens where, you know, they, they may be wanting to uh, part ways with a guy like that, then yeah, but I'm not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch Aaron Rodgers if I'm the Jets. What, you know, they're going to want the kitchen sink. What, I mean, Quinn well, Williams, Sauce, I mean, you, you're at least going to win the first, though. They're at least going to win the first round. At like, least. Here's my thing with it, too. And yeah, it, it kind of goes back to your point, Sterles. It's like, okay. They're gonna. What happens if they do trade for Aaron Rodgers? They're they're probably right back in the situation next year. Like he's like, oh well, I don't know if I want to play again. And then you know you're at his mercy. And then you're like, okay, what do we do? Do we, yeah. you know, draft the quarterback? Do we not? And then how many years is he gonna play? Another two? I mean, remember the Brett Favre situation? Like same thing. You know, at the end of his career, they end up trading, trading, Ray trading on the Jets, and then he stayed a year. And then he went to Minnesota for a couple of years after that. So, yeah, I, I think Derek Carr – I think Lamar Jackson should be number one option. And then if he's not available, then you can pivot to Derek Carr or, you know, we'll see if – depending on what the the Packers may want to give up, you know, for Aaron Rodgers, you know, a want for Aaron Rodgers, then yeah. But, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you because it's not like – I mean, Derek Carr is an average to an above-average quarterback. But if the defense plays as well as what they did last right. year for the Jets, then they're a playoff team. Right. That's all they need. They yep. they need their their playoff team with Derek Carr. Yeah. See, I'm still just I don't know, man. Every time we anybody anybody I talk to, when Lamar Jackson comes up, I, I just I would be so disappointed in the Ravens as an organization if they really allowed him to leave that building. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. again, like just the, so, the regular conversation before. I know we're talking about injuries because you want to talk about. Now I agree with you about the fully guaranteed deal, but you know how difficult it is to really find the guy at quarterback. And they have the guy. So, like, why would you – I don't care what – and this is what I meant when I say people overvalue draft picks. Because then what? They'll get two first-round picks and another player for Lamar or something like that, right? Or two first rounds, a second round or whatever. I don't know how the deal will work. But So you mean to tell me you're, you're, you feel that confident that you're going to take two guys over the next two years in the first round that's going to give you the value or the amount of type of wins that Lamar – and it doesn't have to just be quarterback, but just in general. You're going to bring a player to your organization – that provides the same value or more that Lamar Jackson does. I just don't believe it. How you determine the value with the wins, with, with the you know, how, it depends on how you determine that value. I mean, I mean, you could literally talk about it in any way. Like when he's in, they win. The the money that the, the team generates because of him. You know what I mean? Like he's a hot ticket. You know, I just I don't know. I just don't feel like it's a so. Smart what if move. Lamar Jackson says, "Well, I'm not going to play for anything other than you know the guaranteed contract." Then I, what I would do is in that case. Well, I would say, okay, I would call this bluff. I would like, okay, we'll we'll tag you, but it's going to be non-exclusive. And then you force somebody else to do your dirty work for you. Then if somebody else wants to get a fully guaranteed contract, God bless them. Like, mm-hmm. give us two first-round picks or whatever you want to give for them. But I'm not going to do it. Like, I wouldn't just let them walk out the door. But if somebody wants to be dumb and give them a, two, like, a fully guaranteed contract, then, you know, okay, cool. Like, yeah, I'll yeah. take the pits in return. But I would, if the Ravens are the organization which they we tend to know who they are, I don't think they're going to do it. I don't think they're going to give him a fully guaranteed contract. And he's really, you know, his injuries have really like hindered their progress the last few years. I mean, you look at you know the twenty twenty one season. I mean, they were winning that division, and then he ended up getting hurt. I mean, I know it's not necessarily his fault, but and then they end up missing the playoffs. And then this year, they, I mean, you just see like something's off this year with some, with him, Jim Harbaugh, the organization. Like some kind of, it just seemed like it's some kind of disconnect because he's he's tweeting out the or or had these encrypted Instagram messages about you know how he's feeling. So something is not right there between him and the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not giving him the bag. I, I I guarantee you, if he wanted to, I'm not I'm not questioning his integrity, but he he's playing for uh you know to protect himself. You know. Oh, I get it. You know, he probably didn't want to come back. Uh, knowing that they didn't really value him. And, and it, with the, those things always are kind of uh, questionable. I mean, you got to look at the Dolphins as a prime example and, and how they kind of flirted with De- Deshaun Watson. And, you know, they really didn't want Tua to be the starting quarterback. That's why we're doing the, sh- the shuffling with Tua and, and, and uh, Fitzpatrick. Well, so, Brian Flores did, yeah. So, you, so part of me is like, okay, well, how much does the owner have to say in this? 
you know, or the GM, like, where are they at on the whole thing? Do they really value Lamar Jackson's play style? You know, because it could be a, a schematic difference in how they view the player. So, I, I mean, I, I if I'm the Ravens, I try to keep them. I really try to keep them. You, you, you drafted them, you developed them, and he's good. Like, keep him. He's one of the most dynamic players in the league when he's on the field. Now, I understand injuries have been plagued him the past few years, but I think I think there's somewhere to be said that, that you got to meet in the middle somewhere. I don't think it's he was just too injured not to play. I think he was protecting himself. I agree. Well, and, and my man Jason here brings up a good point. Well, I don't know if he's being sarcastic or not, but he says Greg Roman is washed was the problem. And now the thing is, I don't I won't say that Greg Roman is washed, but we know the type of offense that Greg Roman puts on the field. And the thing is, you're not protecting Lamar Jackson when you're going to have him run 10, 15 times a game. And and I know that's what he's good at. He's elusive. He's speedy. He's all these things that make him great. But the guy can throw, too. So, you know, if now with the, the new pace or the new direction that their new offensive coordinator is going to go in, I don't know. I feel like – I don't know. I just – and maybe – now I am a Lamar fan. So I might be speaking from a place of it's like, no, nah, this is a – like if the Bills were going to say, well, no, we're not paying Josh. We'll let him move on if he wants – I would I would have these same emotions. Right. Because I just think after you – and now, granted, they won a Super Bowl with, with Joe Flacco. He wasn't the guy. You know what I mean? Like, they gave him money because he won a Super Bowl, and they loved him because hey, he won. Hey, Flacco was killing it in the playoffs. Like, say, say what playoffs. you want about the record. No, that, that's, I, all, like, that's what it matter. That's what it no, matter, though. That, like, that's that, ain't, what that ain't my point. I'm not, I'm, not disag- I'm not disagreeing with you on that. What I'm saying is, though, he wasn't a franchise quarterback. Anybody can get hot at any moment. Like, you know, but he, he was hot in that playoffs – for the time that he was hot, they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. But he wasn't the guy. He, he wasn't. No, Flacco was like a good – he was a good 10 to 15, you know, as far as ranking quarterback at his time. Like, he was solid. He wasn't great. He wasn't elite, like, as people were saying. But, I mean, was he Eli Manning? Good. What about Eli Manning? Was he elite either? No, I, I didn't think exactly. Eli was a great quarterback. So exactly. I'm saying I have the same opinion, but I just feel like now you get a guy that's super talented like Lamar Jackson. And so I don't I just and and the thing is it's hard to win a Super Bowl, man. Like it's not like just because you get a franchise guy, you're automatically gonna win one. There's teams now with good quarterbacks who still may never win a Super Bowl because Patrick Mahomes is in the league. Like it's the NBA thing, like when Jordan was in, like he that that six year or seven year period, he had the one year where, you know, uh my man Penny knocked him out the playoffs. But other than that, he had that six, seven year run where it was like people just weren't winning championships because Jordan was in. And that's just it just the same thing with Brady. Brady had his time. It was Brady, Manning, all that. You're going to have a franchise guy. Success isn't always measured by a Super Bowl win. So that's why I just I can't see it. If if it happens, man, it's the reason why I'm doing podcasting and not GMing. But I'm telling you, I would. there's no way in the world I would let Lamar Jackson leave my building. Just period. So what would you do in that case where you say he wants a fully guaranteed down? And then what you do, just hold him hostage? You're not going to. Well, what, that's what I'm years. saying. Well, that's what I'm saying. You're tagging them, but still, like, are you not exclusive? Exclusive? No, I'm exclusively tagging that dude. So what if he doesn't re- does report? <laughs> well, he, he ain't gonna report then. You ain't you ain't gonna make you, you in the same situation that you're in. Like you still don't have a nah, quarterback then. I think it goes play. back, but I think it goes back to the organization. And when you have a quarterback like that, I feel like they didn't do enough to protect him. They didn't get him a wide receiver one and they I think they were limited you can say that but they were limited on offense with Greg Roman as the offensive coordinator his 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 passing game design was not very good but run the run game and, and their and their offensive line and their blocking was superb he's great at that he's always been good at that and we've seen I've seen I've been watching Greg Roman since you know, when he was with the 49ers and with the oh, yeah. Bills. And, and, you know, he's he's from that hard bar tree, uh, uh, how they construct their offense. So I'm very familiar with it. But I think when, you, when you're talking, you know, I think running quarterbacks will only get you so far, but you're going to have to be, you're going to have to develop as a passer. And I think that offense kind of hampers him. And the fact that they really never gave him, outside of Mark Andrews, solid options around him. I think as a quarterback, Aaron Rodgers is one that will tell you that, you know, he's kind of pissed off at the Packers and how they kind of handled the weapons around him. Lamar Jackson might feel the same way, too. They put too much on him, and that could be why he's hurt. Well, I mean, to be fair, well, I agree with you about the offense. Like, it's, it's really 
has gotten stagnant, which I think mm-hmm. is some part of the mm-hmm. issue. But also, if you're a wide receiver, they they tried to get. I think they've tried to get people to come there. But if you're a wide receiver, would you want to go play in that offense? Like I wouldn't. Hell like no. your numbers, your numbers are going to be like lower, and you know you want to go play in the offense where you're getting the ball, kind of like a close to ninety, hundred catches a year. That's so why you, you draft make a lot of money. Them. Well, they ain't got no choice. Well, they tried to. They tried that, and then that didn't work either. Well, no, but that's Rashad why you Bateman get rid of Greg Rome. Rashad no, but Bateman, who else? Hollywood well, Brown. I, I think yeah. Hollywood is better than what people give him credit for, but that offense sucked. Exactly. You know, and then he comes out here to Arizona, and then you look at – don't get me started on Kyler Murray. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you got you put him out here with Kyler Murray, and they're like, oh, see, Hollywood Brown sucks. Nah, bro. He, he was throwing to D-Hop and had D-Hop doing acrobatic movements just to catch a four-yard pass. I don't want to hear nothing about – we don't, we don't have to talk about Kyler. But – the point is, that's why I feel like moving on from Greg Roman will help Lamar in this situation. They they just elevated T. Martin to his quarterback's coach. Shout out to T. Martin. I really want that man to get an offensive coordinator gig sooner than later, one of these years coming up. But I'm telling you, man, like Lamar, you you don't. You, we'll see what we'll see what happens now. If he because I, uh, I don't want him in the AFC East. I damn sure don't want him in the <laughs> AFC East. I know. Hey. The the Bills are gonna have, they, the Bills already got their hands full with the Jets and the Dolphins. You you bring in Lamar Jackson, and, I mean, they've done they fared well. But I think if you put him with the Jets with an already good running back, an improved offensive line, and them dudes like they got the Jets Garrett are hungry. Too. They're, yeah, they they're, got... The Jets are hungry, and, and yeah. I'm telling you, they could they could make some noise with Lamar Jackson. They could win the AFC East. I ain't gonna cap. They could win the AFC East with a guy like Lamar Jackson at the helm. Let, let's yeah. be real. Like, no, they got the if defense. For if him. their defense plays as well as what it did last year, then yeah, absolutely. It's sauce, sauce already not the best cornerback in the league. He's one of them. I, he's, 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 he's top four. No, he's top, he's he's top three or four. Man, it, I've he's been very watched. Yeah. I, I've been I've been watching film all twenty. He's top three or four, Austin, definitely. And it's like, damn, he's good. Like he is refined. Like yeah. Yeah, him and him and Sertan, man, they, uh, they are both of them are really young. Yeah, both of them, those two might be the best in the league for me. Yeah, it's hard to say. It's it, it's it's hard to put anybody above those two right now for me. Yeah, those those would be the top two for me. Like him and Sertan, the way they yeah. play. I respect it. I respect it, but um, either way, I don't want Lamar in the AFC East. Not me. You know I mean? so, so, <laughs> so we can talk about all that other stuff. I don't want Lamar over here, but. So uh, let's let's pivot to the Dolphins a little bit because um, you're right. We 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 talked about the Bills. We talked about the Jets. First of all, are the Patriots becoming like the forgotten team of the AFC East now? Like, are they the are they the irrelevant team? Not being funny when I say that. Like, that's a real question. Yeah, I, uh, I well, they're the only team with a white quarterback. <laughs> well, outside of the Bills, <laughs> I was gonna say Josh is well, Josh, well, Josh is one white, of bro. us. Josh is one of us. Well, like, well, the Jets really don't have a quarterback right now. But yeah. <laughs> But uh, I mean, they 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 got an interesting all season. I mean, they do have cap room, but uh, they did Bill O'Brien getting him back. I think that's really big for them compared to having Matt Patricia and Joe Judge calling the plays. Like that was just a complete disaster. Like obviously that didn't work. But getting Bill O'Brien there, he did well his first regime there with the Patriots. That might help too. They just got to get some skill. They got to get some skill position players. They got to get Matt Jones some players around them. If they can do that, then, you know, we'll see. But despite their deficiencies, I mean, they still, I think, <laughs> they still beat the Jets twice. So, yeah. I mean, that says a lot. I think coaching matters. Like, I think Bill Belichick, they're always going to be, you know, at least, you know, a problem or a pest. They might not be the best. They might not be better than the Dolphins or the uh, Bills, but they're always going to be around. Like, they're not going to be, like, complete bottle feeders. But, you know, they might be mediocre, like, yeah. now compared yeah. to what they were. Okay. Well, so let's talk about the Dolphins, though. So, like, the Dolphins don't have a first-round draft pick this year due to them uh, tampering with Tom Brady during all of that talk when, you know, Brian Flores was there and all, all that stuff. So they, they lose out on their first-round draft pick. Um, they The Dolphins started off hot. Like, it was one of those things where, you know, you had all of these guys saying, uh, you know, RG3 was saying that they're the best team in the league. And I was early on in the season. They had a nice little win streak. They beat the Bills in, I believe it was week three or four when, when the right. Bills went down there. And they're like, oh, this is the team. They're they're the team to beat. They're the team in the AFC. Then towards the end of the season, injuries, whatever, whatever, they started to kind of fizzle out. They made it to the playoffs, lost, lost to Buffalo in the wildcard round. 
how do they take a step forward? You know, they don't have a first round draft pick. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, I feel like their cap space isn't that wonderful either. So I feel like they're in a, in a similar cap position as the Buffalo Bills where in, like they really don't have any. So with no first round draft pick, limited cap space, um, how do you see them taking a step forward this year to build on what they thought they were building at the beginning of the year? Well, I guess I'll yeah. go. Uh, yeah. like, I think, you know, for what they, they got an interest in all season. For one, like, um, they got to make a decision about Tua, first of all. Like, his, you know, fifth year option. Do you pick it up? Do you not pick it up? And then if you, you do pick, it, pick up. it up, then I don't, I, I would not pick it up. But, you know, you definitely can make the case where you could pick it up just because, you know, it does protect you in the end. It does protect him as well. But even if you do pick it up, then as you alluded to, they don't have a first round pick. But, you know, I definitely think they we talked about the Bills and them needing maybe some running back help. The Dolphins certainly need probably more running back help than Buffalo. I think, you know, just the fact about it, they had like a stable of running backs, but none of them were really consistently good throughout last year so. I think if you want to get Tua some help and get some get those weapons, uh, Waddle and Hill some help too as well, get a running back there. I mean, Josh McDaniel, like he comes from a tree in San Francisco where they value running the football. And I think you definitely have to do that. They, the offensive line has to get better still. I think that's a big question for them. Uh, for me, uh, I, I would probably take, you know, the two-lane running back, Ty J. Spears, like we ended up seeing him in the senior bowl. I thought he was tremendous there. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have a first-round pick, but I definitely think, you know, in that in round two, I think, you know, he could be some value of the Dolphins there. So that's that's what I would do with their first pick in the draft, which would be, like you say, on day two of the NFL draft. Speaking of the, the senior bowl, shout out to Steros for standing us up. But go ahead, Steros, you want to uh, respond to what Antoine <laughs> said there? Yeah, I think we need to mention that uh, Tyreek Hill has about 30, 30, 30 – he's owed $31 million. That's going to be his cap hit for this season. Uh, Sarah put in the chat that, uh, you know, they're, they're, they got about $12 million. Uh, in cap over space. the cap. Over, over the cap. cap. Over the mm-hmm. cap. Okay, so they, they're going to have to make some moves, man. Uh, but they got, what, two third-round picks, I believe, a second and two-thirds. Um, you know, they, I think they're in a position – uh, that the Bills are in, where they got to hit on draft picks, and they've—I think they've done a better job at, at hitting on some of these picks than, than the Bills have. But um, man, when you pay when you're paying a wide receiver thirty-one million dollars a season, that that's that's some big time capital. And, and then you know you're going to have to up the ante for uh, you know Jalen Waddle. So this season, I think they're going to be doing some some bargain bin shopping, man. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if you guys noticed, but uh, you know the guy from uh, your boy. From USC talking about how he wants he he'd play for the Dolphins. So, you know, they they might be in a position where they can off some of that young talent and kind of, you know, you know, make a run from my from my guy out in uh, at USC. So who who are you talking about? Who you think I'm talking about? I have no I idea, have actually. You are you, you serious? Mean, like you talk about uh you talk about I know you talk about not, uh, not this draft, but he's coming out next year. Oh, Caleb Williams. They, oh, okay. Williams. they don't have oh, no, they no, don't have no, a number no. one draft pick next year. They, they would they would have well yeah they do yeah they, they do. do but they um, traded it for Chubb. Didn't they trade it for Chubb? No, they traded the one this year. This year they had two first round picks. They had two first round picks. They had San Francisco and then they're all and then they traded they traded one for Chubb and then one got taken away from them. So okay. I, they, they may have to like Javon Holland, yeah. or, or they may have to parlay some picks. I'm saying if they want to go get him, that I think they. Oh, should. you go out, you go out to go up pretty high. Like you, you, you might have to be close to bottoming it out, like just to get get there. Because I mean, it's what they're gonna do? What they're gonna do? Go up from like twenty to like number one? Like that would be that would take a lot of draft capital. Yeah, it in sure order would. To do it. And I think that if, you know how desperate and hungry they've been for that franchise answer i think they're in the position i think they they're they're considering it i think they're oh, I think, because they don't I, know what, what they're going to have to us they don't know i, I think yeah, I, I have a hard time i have a hard time believing like uh a team like Tampa bay or tennessee as we talked about if they get the number one pick you think they gonna trade that away for it for, hey. uh uh Drake May is going to be there. There's going to be there. There's already three quarterbacks that are that I believe that are going to be pretty good. That already. See, in the I class. agree. But see, I mean, I just feel like, and I'm sorry to cut you off here. I just feel like Tua. I know we look at him a certain way, but I'm telling you, it, he they he was looking like an MVP this past season. You know, in that system, 
in that system, he was looking like an MVP. His problem is his concussions and his health. You know, like the same thing we're talking about Lamar, not Lamar with concussions, but it's just health. They're not going to – they're 100% going to pick up that fifth-year option. They're going to try to extend that dude. He's going to be the quarterback there for a few years. I don't years. know about that. I think it's – I think uh, he – Tua, in my opinion, uh, is, he's, he's limited. He's a, he's a limited quarterback. I think they'd be crazy not to be looking at these other guys next year. I, I would – I I could see them picking up the fifth-year option, but extending okay. him, like, why, like, why would you, why, why would you Yo. do that when, like, this, you, this man is so – he is not showing the ability they, to stay healthy. Who are they going to get? They, who they're not going to lose it. Listen, they're not going to lose enough games. We just, yeah, I just got done talking about them not being able to get the number one draft pick. They're not going to, they're not going to lose enough games this season coming up with that. They got too much talent. On, even you could put me at quarterback, hey. and with Jalen Waddle and Tariq Hill, they're still going to win. Exactly. Games so why here, here's the thing. My answer <laughs> no, to that that's is what I'm like, saying. here's here's my answer to that. The Chiefs traded up for Patrick Mahomes when they had Allen Smith and they were making the playoffs. So. Like, keep in mind, you don't have to be, like, in the top 10 to get a franchise quarterback. The Chiefs got one, like, in the team, like, 12, 13, wherever they picked that, and then look 10. at them. That was the Bills pick. I think it was 10. But 10 I think, okay, whatever. But but the thing is, too, w- w- what we're saying with this, like, when you look at – you're talking about Alex Smith. It's a completely different situation, man. Like, he wasn't he wasn't, like, the youngest dude in the league no more. You know what I mean? Like, he was – it was time. Like they knew they were going to have to start transitioning from him. So but they were still like, making the playoffs. They were still like they were still making the play. They were still like a viable option. Like they had the year when they traded them, they had like a first round buy. I mean, I they got bounced out by the Steelers, like <laughs> in the divisional round. But still, I mean, they knew it was a ceiling with him. So yeah, you're right on that. I'm just saying. So we'll see. I, I just feel like this past year we saw we saw a game and, and we saw numbers from Tua that we haven't seen throughout the rest of his NFL career. So like now I feel like they they have some type of confidence. And I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to some some um, some Dolphins fans. I'm gonna try to get some Dolphins fans on at oh, some point. To, to, well, no, I mean some some people that that got some sense. I know a lot of them don't. But I'm saying, <laughs> <laughs> shout out to all my yeah. Can we, yeah, can we get some? Can we get some logical dolphin fans? Like, can you? Yeah, talk? I yeah. mean, I know some too, but yeah, I mean, yeah, you got. But to, I mean, you have to be careful like, with that. Well, I just feel like you know they, they have this confidence now with, with Mike McDaniel's on there. Is like, okay, look, if we can protect our guy, if we can keep him kind of healthy, like this offense is going to move. He can put the ball where it needs to be for Tariq Hill and Jalen Waddle. They're, you know, like I feel, and then they're going to get a running back. You, you know, they're going to get yeah, a running game. Yeah. So I just feel like they have a confidence down there. Like, no, Tua, Tua can do it. We just got to keep him healthy. So I just. I don't know. I, I feel like um, they're going to try to protect him. I feel like offensive line is going to be their thing. They're going to bolster that offensive lineup. I think they're going to get a good running back, try to try to have a good running game to take some of the pressure off of Tua. And I don't know. I maybe Again, maybe I'm wrong. I, I could probably be wrong about Lamar Jackson and Tua. Yeah, I keep in mind, like, I still have ties down there. Like, that, this is going to be a critical year for him. Like, he got he has to stay healthy. If he cannot stay healthy in this year, like, they're going to they're gonna look to move on. Like they really mm-hmm. are. So he needs to remain healthy, like for the most part. Even even if he plays like fifteen games, if he can do that, then I think they'll be willing to commit to him long term. Anything below that, then another concussion or two, then I think they could possibly move on. Yeah, I don't think we know if Tua wants to play. I think he does. He does. Like I think for everything that I know, like he wants to continue playing. But, you know, we'll see if – hopefully he can stay healthy. Like, I, I hope he does. I really do. Like, I enjoy watching him play. So, nobody – you don't want to see anybody go down like that, like the way that he did last year. All right. Well, um, so let's – let's. well, no, real quick, before we pivot off of them, because there is one more topic I want to touch on and get your opinions on. Um, but so with, with no first-round draft pick, you know, what direction do you think they go in the draft? I know Sterling said they have to hit. They're kind of like the Bills where they have to hit on the draft this year. But um, what, do you, what are you guys thinking? I think they need to go uh, look at offensive line, man. Yes. Uh, they, they, they really have some holes on that offensive line. You know, maybe look at guard. Uh, there's some good guards in this draft that, that they can find in the second, third round. Remember, they got two first-round picks. Uh, I think, you know, the top tackles are going to be gone. Uh, in round one, but I think there's going to be some solid contributors there. So if if I'm the if I'm the Dolphins, your defense is set, right? So if you want to go, you know, offensive guard round two, uh, offensive tackle round three, and a running back your for your other uh, third round pick, I think that's what they should do. But you know, 
They got a hit. Whatever they decide to do, they're taking best. They should be taking one of those teams that take best player available. But they definitely have some needs on the offensive line. And I think you know if you're if you're serious about Tua, if you want to do you do the right thing by Tua. I think that you need to insulate him with as much offensive line help as you can. Yeah, I got. I might have be quick. Yeah, running back, offensive line, definitely. And I'll throw linebacker in there too as well. I think you know, especially when you're transitioning to the Vic Fangio system, don't necessarily need edge rushers because you know you got Chubb, you're committed to him, and also uh, Jalen Phillips too as well. But you know, kind of some inside linebackers maybe to help out. You know, Jerome Baker as well. Like I could see them taking a guy you know later on in the draft too as well. Okay, so well. Let's let's move on from from them. I want to talk about the Super Bowl champions. So the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, well, I'm really not talking about them, but the Kansas City Chiefs lost their offensive coordinator to the Washington Commanders. And I love Eric Bieniemy from everything that I know about him. I'm not a player. I never played in that locker room. Uh, I don't cover them, so I, I haven't even had a chance to interview him. However, um, you got some good reviews and some bad reviews on different. Different. A lot of players who have played with him came out and said that he helps them develop as men. Uh, Tariq Hill came out and said that, he, you know, it's like, hey, he helped me kind of figure out who I am outside of a football player and as a football player. And, you know, you have Patrick Mahomes that he loves him and all this stuff. Then you have uh, Buffalo Bills kind of sort of legend, LaShawn McCoy, say this. With the commanders. I hope he doesn't, but I think he will. What's his value? What makes him a good offensive coordinator? See, the problem is a lot of these people that go on social media, oh, he should be the guy for the job. They haven't played there. They're not in the locker room. Mm -hmm. I've been in the rooms where he's coaching, and he has nothing to do with the pass game at all, right? When the plays are are designed, that's Andy Reid. When you talk about officer coordinators, I can tell you what makes Brian Dayball with the Giants a very, very good coordinator. I can tell you with Andy Reid or Doug Peterson. But when I ask about um, Eric Bieniemy, what makes him good? When we watch the film of practices and we correct the, the, the wide receivers, the running backs, the, the quarterbacks, he doesn't talk in there. Andy Reid talks in there. Mm. He may say things to the running back because he's an ex-running back coach. I get that. But he has no real responsibility. Now you go from the Chiefs, where you can hide behind Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. Then you, then you go to the, the Washington, where you got to call plays. You got to run the meetings. You got to run the installs. The last issue I have with him is, what makes Andy Reid so great, not the call, the, the play calls, which we see that, which, I mean, that's one of it. But the other thing is, like, adapting to the players. Well, being in me, he's my first practice. I couldn't believe it. He's dog coaching. He's dog cussing the players. I'm like, and not just the regular players, Kelsey, you know, you know, other players. So it's like, it's hard for me. I'm rooting for him because he's a black coach, and I love to see black coaches win. Also, he's a running back coach. Running back coach don't never get a chance to be True. office coordinators. The yep. last one was, like, Anthony Lynn. So I want that to, 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 to do well for him. But if I got to do my job, and be honest, my thing is just where is the true value at? Is it then, is it have anything to do with him being black in your opinion? Obviously, uh, you ain't Roger Goodell. You don't know. You know what? Absolutely not. But people want to win. The color thing, I, I get it. It, we, it should be more black coaches. I definitely believe that. But if you come up for the Chiefs, they want to win. It has nothing to do with the, with the color barrier at all. Okay. Um... Sterles, I'm gonna start with you on this one. Dog. I knew you was gonna do that. I'm gonna start with you on this one. Yeah, uh, first of all, like I always respect Shady because he's a straight shooter. But I think we we there, I think so we could take some of what he said at face value, like <clears throat> the insight that he has and so forth. But we gotta remember before the Bills hired Brandon Bean, Sean McCoy was was hollering about Brent Beach because he's a Philadelphia guy. So, so he's going to be partial or biased to Andy Reid, Brett Veach, and those those guys in Kansas City, right? It, it's just the way it is. Now, I don't, I can't sit here and say that I know how Eric Bieniemy is in the locker room, and but I also can say this: that if you're around a guy like, you know, Andy Reid, the way Andy Reid, his craft, you're gonna he he taught you for so many years, you're gonna take some of that. You're going to, you know, take if you're smart enough, you're going to take that to, with you uh, with the commanders and, and, and use that. Like, so the fact is to say he's not qualified, I don't agree with that. I hope he goes in there and he tears it up. I hope he tears it up uh, because I, I just think that's another barrier for, for black coaches. But, um, you know, it, 
I always, I'm all, you know, this, I'm always the kind of person that always tries to look at both sides. Right. And I'm not going to, you know, I know that there has been some, uh, some things where black coaches haven't got the same opportunities and that's proven. Right. But I want to see him develop his skill even more. So when he, I hope he watches that and he goes, when he goes to, uh, you know, to the commanders, he's like, you know what, I'm going to show all y'all wrong. And I hope he, I hope he kills it. I hope they really put the resources around him to be successful. Right now, they, 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 they got a lot of holes. So for, for, for them, I think he's going to get some unfair criticism if, if they don't, you know, perform with Sam Howell at quarterback. So I want him to succeed. I, I, I like Eric Bieniemy, um, just from what I've seen and what I know. I like him. Hell, I wish he was the head coach. He, he would have been the head coach of Colorado. Uh, now, I love Dion too now. But before that, I want Eric Bieniemy to come coach the bus. So uh, th- that's my two cents on it. Where are you at with it tomorrow? Uh, look, I mean, he, you know, I understand he's been in a locker room and things of that nature too. And for him to, I think for him to say it has nothing to do with race. And I wrote about this. You can check it out. Like it's on mm-hmm. pinned to my Twitter account. Like I think it's, you know, short-sighted because – the two guys that preceded him as the offensive coordinator and Doug Peterson and also Matt Nagy did the same thing he did. And guess what? They got head coaching opportunities. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had Joe judge, like he was the special teams coordinator of the Patriots and get a head coaching job. And we see how disastrous that was. Mm-hmm. So you can't, you can't mean to tell me that Airbnb enemy cannot get a head coaching job somewhere like, at least like at least give him an opportunity yeah like especially with one of these teams around here so race has a lot to do with it like a lot of people sit here and say well it may not but a lot of the owners hire people that either recommend it to them or they feel comfortable with and i get you know the history you know some of the you know the concern there with eric b enemy when he was in colorado and things of the nature too and I also detail this in the article but it's also been other coaches around the league that have gotten second chances too. And also it been coaches been arrested, been got in trouble, and they still gotten uh coaching opportunities. So yeah, every time it seems like we as black people at times we have to do the extra. We have to go the extra mile. Like we have to be nearly perfect to get a certain position, whether it be a head coaching job in the NFL or any position like in life at times. Like we get, we can't have any kind of blemish on our record. Whereas somebody, a white counterpart, at times they could have, you know, problems or you know, you know, transgressions on their record, and they still get the same. They get the same opportunities, or they get better opportunities. So I think we. I just wanted to be consistent. You know, I just, that's all I want. Like it's, mm-hmm. you know, if Airbnb, enemy, you know, had gotten like if he if he's a bad head coach, he's a bad head coach. Like he he sucks as a head coach. Like I would like to see it. But the fact that we have not been able to see that and him to have 17 head coaching opportunities, I mean, head coaching interviews and not get one, that says a lot to me. And, you know, you can't, again, you can't say it's because, well, he's had that, he's had problems in the past. Because if that was the case, then they shouldn't have interviewed him in the first place. Yeah. And what problems did he have? That's what I'm trying to figure out. In Colorado, it was a situation where uh, about underage, uh, like a transgression, like, like it was, it, it was a lot. It was, it's a, it's a lot, but it was like, he was an assistant running back coach at Colorado. This was like 20 years ago. And then he had got banned from the school for a little bit and things of that nature. But again, he had, he has really turned his career around to the point where he's gotten the opportunity with the chiefs and became the offensive coordinator. And then now people just, you know, he's at re- near a point where he's trying to get this, trying to get these head coaching jobs. And then people are ready just to throw these type of things in their face. Yeah. Yeah. John Herring says, I'd like to know which part they disagreed with. I mean, it's a pretty yes or no answer. If I'm I'm, say, I'm guessing he's saying the enemy here it had nothing to do with the passing game. Then it was all Andy Reid. Well, here's the thing. I'm sure the play designs were Andy Reid. Like he, he's been a, a great offensive mind since since Andy Reid has been a coach, you know, but they disagreed with how um, LaShawn McCoy talked about his character. Uh, Andy Reid came out this season and I believe last season as well during the offseason and said, no, Eric Bieniemy is the one calling the plays. Uh, he didn't say he designed them. He did say that he's calling the plays on the sideline. Um, they they come up with the script together. They come up with the game plan together. So I don't know. But uh, to your point, one of the things that that gets me upset about it is, is 
basically what you said, Antoine, is how, um, you know, okay, if we're going to say that his past, his, his, he has a history of things that disqualifies him from this type of position, then okay, well, let's go through the league and anybody who's been arrested, anybody who's had a DUI, anybody who's had uh, a, a, an assault on their, any, so any coach, assistant coach, coordinator, anything, if they have that on their resume, get rid of them. Um, then the, the other part that kills me is when they say, well, he interviews bad. That is one of the, that is, I think that I hate that even more than them saying it about his past. Cause the thing is, it's a fact that he does have a past. Like, you know, I completely understand. Like, so there are certain positions that you're disqualified for in general. Like, in, like I, if you, if you commit a felony, you can't run for certain offices. You get what I'm saying? So I understand, but I know this is the NFL is different. What I'm saying is I can understand if that was the only discussion. What I'm saying is when they take that and then they say, and he doesn't interview well. And then you have a player like LaShawn McCoy coming out saying, well, he's, it's not at all about him being black. And then, then they say, and he interviews bad. And, and it's like, they just keep piling on things. The goalposts. They like, keep extending the goalposts. They post. keep moving it. They just keep moving it back and back and back. And it's like, wait a minute. This dude has led. Now, if you don't want to believe what Andy Reid has said, well, no, he caused the plays. That's on you. If you don't want to believe that Patrick Mahomes say, no, this guy is super important to the way I've developed as a quarterback, that's on you. But you have guys coming out co-signing this guy. And then, like you mentioned, 17 interviews, and he didn't get one. Yeah. Something. Yeah, and he's helped. I mean, I, I understand he may not be the primary play caller, but he's helped orchestrate an offense that's finished top five in the league for five straight years. And help, you know, whatever credit you want to give him with Patrick Mahomes. He's worked with Patrick Mahomes and worked with that offense. Again, like, it's been guys that have done less have gotten head coaching opportunities in this league. Yo, Why can't he get Please it? tell me what Matt Patricia has done. Please tell me what Mike McDaniels has done. Well, I mean, it's kind of the no. same thing. Like, he was it is. he wasn't necessarily the primary play caller either, although he did call plays from time to time. But he helped orchestrate, you know, and games and mm -hmm. schematics and things like that. Same thing. Same thing. So we'll, we'll get on out of here on that. We just hit the hour mark. I don't, I, I try not to keep it too long to, but um, yeah. So ladies and gentlemen, every week now uh, for the off season, we may miss a week here or there just because it's about to be summertime. It's about to be nice. We want everybody to spend some time with their families, but for the most part, Wednesday evenings, you'll see the chop up. Um, I believe Thursdays will still be, uh, Sarah Larson and Jerry Ostrowski with Three Man Rush. Uh, Code of Conduct will still be happening on Tuesdays. Um, we have a new show. Uh, one of our, we have a friend in Brazil who actually has a, a huge Bills following out in Brazil. My man Fernando is going to be starting with Buffalo Rumblings this week as well. So we got a lot of things coming up uh, for the offseason. Got a lot of draft things. I know Sterling, you're going to still do uh, your show as well, Monday night. So uh, instead of off tackle with John Fina, we're going to have uh, intentional grounding with Sterling Furrow. It's going to be, we're going to have a good year. Go have a good year. And then when the season hits, I know I'm getting ahead of myself because that's months away again now, but I got some plans. We're going we gonna, we gonna to take this thing up another notch. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get on out of here. Twine, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you? Uh, you find me at Antoine Staley on Twitter, where all social media accounts there. Follow my work, the New York Daily News. I won't be on next week because I'll be at the Combine, but I will be back the following week, too, after that. Yes, sir. Sterles? Yeah, Monday night, Intentional Grounders, baby. Antoine, you're going to have to send us some vids, man. We want all the information next week. Well, I'll be there. Like, I'll get as much as you need. Just let me know what I, what you need from me. <laughs> Anything Bills related, that's what I want to know. <laughs> well, I, I'll be there. <laughs> I, I see. I'm, I'm Bills related, but I want to know about the Jets. I want. I want to know about my my AFC East rivals. So, so I got. I'm gonna have questions for you, no doubt. So well, I'll be all uh, around that. All right. So, and y'all know how I do it over here. It's your boy Jay Spencer King. Y'all love each other. Take care of each other and live in peace. And as always, stay positive. Test negative. Go Bills. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. 
Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. High-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.